Grab yourself a Bailey's and hot chocolate and listen to the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. The Devil's Pinata, a book written and read by John Bell. This segment begins with Chapter 29, and hang in there, we're almost done. Almost. Oh, almost. Chapter 29. The citizens of Lebanon, Kansas, were surprised to see a huge piñata suspended from an even huger blimp floating near their fine city. They scratched their heads and looked at one another, but nobody could figure out what the heck was going on. Finally, someone shouted, The wizard! We must ask the wizard! A tumult rose amongst the crowd, with everybody shouting, Yes, the wizard! The wizard will know! Let's go ask! A crowd of Lebanonians gathered at the huge oaken doors that stood at the face of the largest building in town. They all chanted, We must see the wizard! We must see the wizard! Slowly, the ten-foot-tall doors began to swing open. Everybody took a step back in awe, which resulted in half a dozen people falling into the fountain in the square. A round, short man with slick, curled-up hair stepped out. His bright green suit glowed in the sunlight. People began chanting, Wizard! Wizard! Tell us what to do! The man in green held up his hands for silence. A hush fell amongst the crowd. People of Lebanon, he said in a clear but high-pitched voice, What the hell is wrong with you? I keep telling you that I'm not a wizard. I'm a mayor. I was elected. I did not fall from the sky. You people watch too many freaking movies. Undaunted, the crowd yelled, Oh, wise wizard, what is the meaning of the apparition in our skies? The mayor looked up and saw the piñata. Why, he said, thinking fast, It's Cinco de Mayo. What better way to celebrate than with a giant piñata? The crowd looked up at the piñata. Then a massive cheer was raised across the city. Our wizard has given us a giant piñata. All hail the wizard. The mayor gave a wave and walked back into the building, the doors closing behind him. His assistant met him in the hallway. The mayor complained, They're still into that whole wizard thing. His assistant nodded then remarked, Maybe you shouldn't keep wearing the green suit and have your hair slicked up in those curls. Eh, whatever. Sir, about the big piñata, did you arrange that? No, but don't tell them. I don't mind taking credit for it. What's the worst that could happen? Chapter 30 Laszlo gestured to several of his henchmen to follow him then went out the back door of the passenger section to search for Buck. Find him, he yelled, but I want him alive so I can kill him. One of the henchmen addressed Laszlo. "Uh, That doesn't make sense, he said. Why delay killing him? Laszlo pushed him out of an open window. (coughs) I'll look in here, Laszlo shouted, and opened the door to the blimp's gondola's storage and recreation area. The room was dark. Laszlo drew a pistol. Then he drew a doggy and a sheep. Then he put up his little artist set and pulled out a gun. Where are you, Mr. Shot? I know you're in here. No, you don't, Buck answered from the shadows. Well, I don't really know for a fact that you're in here, Laszlo corrected himself. But I would certainly say there's a darn good chance you are. That's shaky logic, 
Buck said. I'd say you're walking on thin ice, my friend. Why don't you come out and we'll discuss it, Laszlo said, slowly walking forward. Then we can... Laszlo fell through the ice and into freezing water. Dang it, he said. I knew a blimp gondola wasn't a good place for a hockey rink. While Laszlo was thrashing about, Buck ran across the room. I'm going to find your doomsday device, Laszlo, and I'm going to make mincemeat out of it. No! shouted Laszlo, scrambling out of the hole in the ice. Not mincemeat! Perhaps a nice cherry jubilee or cheesecake! Buck went into another section of the gondola and closed the door behind him. He knew that he had only moments to find the doomsday device before Laszlo or one of his minions finds him. He looked around. He saw blinking lights and computer displays. He heard the hum of hard drives spinning. This is it, he said to himself, seeing as how he was alone and didn't even have a mouse in his pocket with whom to converse. The doomsday device. He immediately took to the task of finding a way to disable, destroy, mutilate, spindle, and or fold the computerized machinery. Then he found what he was looking for. A plug. Deftly, he grabbed the plug, and with one deft pull, the plug deftly exited the socket like a hunk of hot dog flying out of his cousin Bernie's mouth after he started choking and Aunt Gladys had to give him the Heimlich. The screens all immediately darkened. The humming ceased. The blinking lights may have kept on blinking, but they spent a long time in the in-between blinks moment. Buck took the wire he had just unplugged and yanked it away from the terminal it was connected to. It popped out of the terminal like Aunt Gladys's glass eye popped out of her skull when Cousin Bernie smacked her in the face for wasting a perfectly good hunk of hot dog when he was heimlicked. He, Buck, not Cousin Bernie, threw the cord out the window. At that moment, Laszlo and a gaggle of goons burst into the room. Apparently, they chose not to enter through the door, hence the bursting of a portion of the wall to gain egress. You're too late, laughed Buck. I've shut down your evil scheme. Laszlo grinned at Buck. You've shut down our video arcade, you fool. No Pac-Man for the men tonight. Buck was very disappointed. After all, he was standing there with a pocket full of quarters. Laszlo walked to a door on the far wall. This door was protected by several elaborate electronic security devices. The doomsday device is behind door number two, Laszlo said. Would you like to open this door, or would you rather have what's in the box that my hench lady is holding? Buck pondered. The goon shouted, Door! Box! Door! Instant death! I'll take door number two. Excellent choice, said Laszlo. Show him what he turned down. The hench lady lifted the top off the box. Inside was a parachute, two high-powered guns, and a device with a blinking light. Oh, my, said Laszlo. You could have had a free escape from the blimp, plus an override to the doomsday device, as well as several weapons. You could have ended this threat and escaped as a hero. Sorry. The sound of a trombone's <laughs> sounded over the speakers. The parachute, guns, and device were all thrown out of a window. Now, said Laszlo, let's see what's behind door number two. Scientist person! A white-coated scientist stepped forward. Yes, sir, he said as he applied a second coat. 
Put down that paint, snarled Laszlo. Is the security device active on this door? Yes, sir, just as you requested. Excellent. The only way to open the door is with a retinal scan. Laszlo attempted to place his eye against the scanning lens, but it was too low. He had to get on his knees to look into it properly. Why is this freaking thing so low? Do you think I'm a professional jockey? Laszlo grunted as he steadied himself for a retinal scan. A few moments passed. Um, said the scientist. What is wrong with this retinal scan? thundered Laszlo. Sure, um, apparently there was a miscommunication. Laszlo stood up awkwardly. Miscommunication? Perhaps it's your handwriting, O oh, most generous and forgiving one. What are you talking about? Is this a retinal scanner or what? That would be... or what? What? It's not a retinal scanner, sir. It's, um, a rectal scanner. There was a very, very awkward silence. Let me get this straight, said Laszlo in a low tone. In order for me to get this door open, I don't scan my eye. I scan... Yes, sir. Another awkward silence. Several of the henchmen slowly backed up, not wanting to be anywhere near the scientist. One or two goons were doing their best to suppress a smile, knowing that instant death would be the result of merriment. So... I lean over and let this thing scan me. There's another step, sir. Does it have to do with my pants, perchance? Sweat was running profusely down the scientist's face. Yes, my liege. There is no other way to open this door? No, my wonderfulness. Another really supremely awkward pause. Everybody turn around. All the goons and hinch persons turned toward the wall. If I hear the slightest giggle, the smallest chortle, if I even hear the corners of your mouths turning upward, you're dead. Is this understood? Everybody but Buck said, Yes, sir. Laszlo turned back and looked at the scanner. Then he unbuckled his pants. He paused, listening. He zipped down his zipper. He heard a slight snort. He fired three shots into the general direction of the sound. A henchman slumped over. He giggled briefly before becoming still. Laszlo eased his pants down, past his hips, past his knees, to finally rest around his ankles. He put his thumbs into the elastic band of his underwear. He eased his tidy whities down, past his hips, past his knees, to his ankles. He avoided looking at Buck. He knew Buck had to have a huge smile on his face, and it's not time to kill him yet. He'll bide his time. Laszlo awkwardly turned around in short pity-pat steps until his posterior was in line with the scanner. A light blinked, and a disembodied female voice intoned, Beginning retinal scan. Please do not move. Another henchman giggled. Laszlo said, I heard that, Hawkins. You're on the list. Knowing he was doomed anyway, 
Hawkins started guffawing so hard that he fell on his back, legs kicking in the air. This caused all the other henchmen to start giggling. I'll get you all, shouted Laszlo. The electronic voice said, Please do not move or speak. We are targeting rectal area. This caused the giggles to advance to laughter. The moments that followed seemed like years to Laszlo, who was bent over with his rump up against a lens with a red laser scanning his bohunkus. Finally, the voice said, Scan completed. Identity confirmed. Laszlo Sinabovich. Door is unlocking. A soft click indicated that the door was indeed open. Laszlo pulled up his undies and pants as quickly as he could, his face a darkening crimson. Listen, he said to all present, I'll spare your lives as long as this incident never leaves this room, ever. Do you understand? Yes, sir, they all replied in unison. Buck slipped his smartphone back into his pocket, having already uploaded the video to his Facebook page. You, scientist, come here, Laszlo gestured for the scientist to approach him. Sir? You will fix this. Yes, sir, immediately, sir. Anything else? Yes, I have one question. Yes, sir? In order for the scanner to recognize a scan of my nether regions, it had to already have a similar scan in its memory. Where would it have gotten such a scan? The scientist blushed. Do you remember that New Year's party last year, oh glorious drunken one, and how you and I snuck off to— Enough! shouted Laszlo. We shall speak no more of this. Ever. Laszlo led the group into the next room. The doomsday device stood silent, waiting to be turned on. You're listening to a reading of the book, The Devil's Pinata, written and read by John Bell. And I have extraordinarily good news. The next segment is the last segment. Yes, there's only one more. Just one. <laughs> Copyright 2020 by John Bell Creative, LLC. <laughs> You're listening to Friday Follies. Jokes, laughs, and guffaws to tickle your funny bone on the Mutual Audio Network. Join us tomorrow morning on Mutual for Saturday Story Circle. Bring the kids, your coloring books and crayons, and get the whole family into a great start to the day with audio cartoons. You can always subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed for every day of audio drama that fits your fancy. Or discover Saturday Story Circle in your favorite podcast players like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify. Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.